This morning I'm going to ask you to make your way in your Bibles to the very first book in the New Testament, the book of Matthew. And we're going to be in a very familiar passage, especially a passage that is looked at with great frequency at this time of the year. We're going to be in Matthew chapter number 2, and uh, specifically in Matthew chapter number 2, we're going to read verses 1 through 11. And uh, we'll not have comments on all of these verses, but we will have comments on a number of the verses in the message this morning, taken out of Matthew chapter number 2, verses 1 through 11. So notice here in Matthew chapter number 2, verse number 1. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? We have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it it is written by the prophet, And thou Bethlehem in the land of Judah art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise man, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again, that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, when they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And and when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. The title of the message this morning is, The Star of the King. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you today, we are joyful and Lord I trust uh, rejoicing that we have an opportunity to come into your house today and Lord as we think about Jesus Christ our Savior uh, who was born to come as a king but Lord to come and to redeem his people and to save his people from their sins Lord we can't help but just stand in amazement that you as a holy righteous loving father sacrificed your own son that we might be made right with you and lord in spite of all of our sinful activities and our our shortcomings and failures here on this earth nothing can separate us from the love that you showed when you gave your only begotten son and lord as we think about our standing with you this morning that it is not based upon how good we are, but it's based upon how good Jesus was and is. Lord, help us to examine this passage of Scripture, perhaps from a different light than we have ever before, and to think about the importance of this star that you used in bringing these wise men to where Jesus Christ was at that time. Lord, help us to glean what we this coming week, I'm assuming, will be so uh, hectic and and uh, Lord, just so much chaos ensues uh, the last week before uh, what people purport to be the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
uh, during this time of the year. Lord, help us not to be caught up with all of the festivities and activities, but help us to remember uh, the reason for this season, and it is Jesus Christ, and not just Jesus as a babe, but Jesus as Redeemer, suffering and dying and rising again, and Lord, ruling now in the hearts of His people and yet to come and rule here on this earth. Lord, help us to see You and to see Jesus more perfectly. To see the importance of this star that led to Jesus. It's in His name we pray. Amen. The star of the King. We read, we sang about this star in the, the, the third song that we sang, the first Noel. Uh, we sang about uh, how that this star appeared and uh, of course guided these wise men to where Jesus Christ was at that time. Now this week is Christmas. It is a wonderful time to celebrate the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet as believers, I'm hopeful that we desire more knowledge of Jesus. More knowledge of Jesus than just Jesus as a babe in a manger. We often focus on this passage at this time of the year in the book of Matthew, and that isn't wrong. In fact, I went back and, you know, I always try to make sure I'm not re-preaching something that I've preached on before, uh, the, the same message. I have actually preached out of this passage, uh, this will be the third time now, but different messages. And uh, probably, if I had been thinking, I would have saved last week's bulletin uh, cover, We Have Seen His Star, uh, for this week's message, but uh, I didn't have this week's message when I made the bulletin last week. So anyways, um, it's not wrong to focus on this passage at this time of the year, um, but the emphasis of this passage is not on baby Jesus. The emphasis of this passage is on Jesus who was born the king and born the king that would ultimately reign on the throne of his father David. Now it, now remember, and you know we've discussed this before, there are many there are many fallacies and fables that relate to the Christmas account, right? Uh, well, there were three wise men. Well, we don't know how many wise men there were. It doesn't say three. And I also want to point out that at the time of the events, uh, as Matthew records them here in our text verses, uh, Jesus was not was not a newborn at that time. In fact, uh, he could have been up to two years of age, according to verse number 16 of chapter number 2. And so the, the emphasis here is not on the birth of Jesus, but it is on these wise men coming to see the king of the Jews and notice that they were led by the star of the king. Now, Matthew narrates the account of these wise men observing Jesus' star. They were in their own land, and they observed this incredible star, this brilliant star that led them to Jesus. This was the star of the king. Now, the star was critical for them in finding Jesus and worshiping Jesus as King Jesus. Now, usually when we look over this passage... We don't spend a lot of time thinking about the star. It's almost more of a peripheral uh, portion of the text. And yet, this morning I want us to examine a little bit more about this star. And particularly what I'd like for us to think about in our time together is the three purposes 
the three purposes for the star of the king. Here they are. In verse number 2, the purpose of the star of the king was to shower recognition on the king. In verse number 9, this purpose. It was to show these wise men the route to the king. How were they going to find the king of the Jews? The star was going to show them the way. And then the third purpose we find in verse number 10, the star of the king was uh, made manifest to spur on rejoicing because of the king. And we'll talk more about these each as we get into them. Three purposes for the star of the king. Now I want you to note this first purpose for the star of the king. It's found in verse number 2. It was for the purpose of showering recognition on the king. Now, this season that we're in, and I know and I understand that there are various views uh, about this time of the year. And whatever your view is, as I've, I've mentioned this before, really in the entirety of my pastorate, uh, both here and at, at, at the other church, uh, pastoring since 2003, I have always indicated that this time of the year, whatever your belief is, uh, it's not wrong. In fact, it's good to focus on the birth of our Savior, the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet, at this time of the year, this season, if we really are focusing on the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, this season should be all about Jesus. And you know often it is not. Jesus is an afterthought, or Jesus is left out of all of our festivities. Well, this season should be all about Jesus. But it should not only be all about Jesus, but it should be all about Jesus, not as a babe in a manger, but Jesus as King. I have news for you. Jesus didn't stay a baby. Now, i got to tell you, it's hard for me to concentrate uh, with, uh, with Wyatt here. Because, uh, you know, I just want to stop what I'm saying and then run over and grab him, give him some sugar on those chubby cheeks and roll him around, you know, and so forth and so on. I mean, he kind of captivates our attention, right? Well, you know what? 18 years from now, I hope I'm not grabbing Wyatt's cheeks and rubbing them around and giving him sugar on his cheeks. He's going to grow up into a man, right? Jesus did not stay a babe in a manger. The account that we have in Matthew chapter number 2 is not even on the focus of Jesus as a baby. The focus is on Jesus as the king that would come. And as the wise men mentioned here, he that is born king of the Jews. And so, so the purpose of this star was to shower recognition on the king. The star led these wise men to the king. In fact, is it not called in verse number 2? His star? Read verses 1 and 2 again. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea. See, He's already born. He's already born when the wise men are journeying to find Jesus. He's already born. When, now when Jesus was born at Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem saying, Where is He that is born King of the Jews? For we have seen His star. We have seen His star in the east and are come to worship Him. The emphasis here is that these wise men were coming to worship He that had been born King of the Jews. And so the first purpose of the star of the king is to shower recognition on the king. Now let's think about this for a moment. The wise men. 
First of all, the wise men. The wise men who are pursuing the king. Notice who they were. And it, of course, we cannot preach on this, this text without mentioning who the wise men were. Uh, among the Medes and the Persians who were world powers uh, previously, there was a class of priests, wise men, philosophers, who devoted themselves to the study of moral and physical sciences. They were geared towards things such as astrology and medicine. In fact, if you were to look up uh, the word wise men in the Greek, it literally means a magician. It, it means a scientist. It means somebody who is skilled in those types of, uh, of arts and sciences. Many of the wise men from the Medes and Persians were teachers, priests, and some of them, yes, sorcerers. Some of them that even practiced witchcraft. And so these are the men who are led to pursue this king, this baby that was born king of the Jews. And as I mentioned previously in the opening, we're not told the number. Uh, you know, there's, we say the three wise men. We don't know how many wise men there were, but the, we assume there are three because they brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But the Bible doesn't tell us how many wise men there were. So these these wise men, the the Bible uh, uses the term in the in the Greek uh, magos, and we know them as magi, right? M A G I. Uh, these these were not types of individuals that you would think of as being overly religious individuals and yet they are led to pursue the king of the Jews by this star now how did they know how did they know about Jesus how did they know about the king of the Jews well if you know a little bit about the history of the Israelites you know that they were taken captive two different times two major captivities more than two but two major captivities and they were captive uh, beyond the Euphrates River into the east. And as they went beyond the Euphrates River into captivity for their sinfulness against God, uh, much knowledge of the true and living God had been communicated to the peoples of the world. To these great world powers, much knowledge had been communicated to them. No doubt the scriptures had been shared with them. And so it is, it is not only possible, but it is probable that at some point these wise men had been made aware of the prophecy of Balaam. And now we're going all the way, and I don't want to bog us down with a lot of detail this morning. That's not the purpose. But Balaam prophesied about the coming king of the Jews. And Balaam let everyone know that the king of the Jews would be identified by a star. Listen to this, or turn there with me if you want, in Numbers chapter 24 and verse number 17. In Numbers chapter 24 and verse number 17, the Bible reads, I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. Now watch. There shall come a star out of Jacob. And a scepter shall rise out of Israel and shall smite the corners of Moab and destroy all the children of Sheth. And so what is being prophesied here is literally a prophesy, a prophecy of the coming King of the Jews, the coming Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it means when it says a scepter shall rise out of Israel. A ruler, a king that would reign over his people and would ultimately reign over the entire earth as Jesus will 
at his return during the millennial reign and then upon the new heavens and the new earth. And so, so they knew about this person that would be born the king of the Jews. Now this star is functioning to point them to this person that they had at some point known about. So the wise men are pursuing the king of the Jews, Jesus, and worship was the purpose of their pursuit. Is that Are we not told in verse number 2? Uh, verse number 2 saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. We're talking about the purpose of the star. It is to shower recognition on Jesus, the king of the Jews. It is to show the fulfillment of Balaam's prophecy in Numbers chapter 24 and verse number 17. It is to show that Jesus was that king that would be born. These wise men who really should have had no desire to know anything about Jesus, they are led by this star to locate Jesus, the king of the Jews, so that they might worship him. What is your purpose during this season? Is it ultimately to worship Jesus? Is it ultimately to heap praise, honor, and glory upon the Lord Jesus Christ? Look, man, listen, I know we all get in the flesh. And we all get caught up with this time of the year. And man, there's nothing I like more than giving gifts. I mean, I, you know, my family will tell you, I can't, I can't keep a gift a secret. You know, I buy a gift and then I want to give it to them immediately. I can't wait for the. I love to, to give gifts. But we give those gifts to our to our family and to our friends and to our acquaintances here on this earth. Folks, Jesus Christ is the reason for this season. Jesus, who is not any longer a baby, but He is the King that was prophesied of. Now these wise men, who, who were Gentiles and had no, no reason in the flesh to come and seek out and pursue this King, their purpose was worship. Now, I will say this, and i just give you a couple of these snippets of, of thought uh, in the message, most commentators that you will read do not believe that the star was an actual star. Did, did you realize that? Most commentators did not believe that the star... Now, in this in this that was on our bulletin cover last week, I mean, they're, they're stars, right? They're stars. Is there anything more beautiful than looking up in the night sky and seeing the stars? And depending on where you're at, the stars are more brilliant and glamorous and, and appealing than in other places. But most commentators don't believe that it was an actual star. In fact, they say that it was a comet, or a meteor, or some commentators say that this was kind of like when the Lord led the Israelites in the wilderness with a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, that the star was like this. At least one commentator, I won't name him, but at least one commentator says it's absurd to think that this was an actual star. And I'm going to tell you that I think it was an actual star. It's the star of the king that is leading these wise men to culminate in their purpose of worship. Now, many also, many commentators don't believe that the wise men came to worship the king spiritually because he was the Messiah that would come and that he was born the king of the Jews in a spiritual sense. But they believe that they only came to worship Jesus Civilly, because he was born as a king and a ruler, and so they wanted to come and worship him as a king, just like they would any king. And there might be some, there might be some, uh, uh, so, some uh, truth to that. I don't, I don't hold to that view. Uh, certainly, 
they knew about the prophecy, I believe, in, in Numbers chapter 24, verse number 17. And if they had been availed to the Scriptures, as I believe that they had been, then they would have also known about Jacob's prophecy as Jacob sat down, or Jacob was on his deathbed, and he's, he has his sons there, and he's talking to his sons about their fu- what their future holds. And then we, we read this in Genesis 49 and verse number 10 as Jacob talks about Judah. And in Genesis 49 and verse number 10, the Bible reads, The scepter shall not depart from Judah. It's the same terminology as Numbers chapter 24 and verse number 17. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. And so, so there are those that believe that these wise men came with the purpose only of of worshiping Jesus civilly. You know, there's a lot of people that during this time of the year, you know, they want to they worship Jesus civilly, you know. Uh, in fact, let me ask you this. How many people would say, you know, I don't believe in Christ, and so I'm not going to, I don't want the Christmas holiday off work. I'm just going to go ahead and work on that day because I don't believe, I don't believe Jesus is the Messiah. How many would say, you know, I don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah, so I don't want anything to do with Christmas. Now, there would be some, the ACLU and some, some other folks that would say that. But generally speaking, people don't have a problem with Jesus civilly. They, they don't mind Jesus civilly. They don't want anything to do with Him spiritually, but they don't mind Him civilly. Now, I'm going to say this morning that I don't necessarily hold this view that these wise men came to only worship Jesus because He was born a king and that they would worship anyone who was born a king. In fact, the Persians uh, called those that worshipped God magi. They called those that worshipped God magi. Now, that was probably more of a a slander against them, right? You know, you're some sorcerer, a practicer of witchcraft. But these philosophers and astronomers, I believe that's who they were, these wise men, I believe that they searched things out. They studied things. They heard these prophecies and they, they, they studied these prophecies and they came to believe the prophecies respecting the Messiah. And I believe that they were dealt with by God and that they were divinely guided to seek out Jesus spiritually so that they might worship Him. And when I say worship Him, worship Him in spirit and in truth. Now, regardless of their motive, the intent was the same. Regardless of why they were coming to worship, their intent was to worship. Turn with me in your Bibles to Philippians chapter number 2. Because this was a good intent that they had. It is an intent that shows what the coming ages will disclose as it relates to King Jesus. Notice Philippians chapter number 2 verses 9 through 11. Philippians chapter 2 verses 9 through 11. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, him who? Jesus. God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. What is it to bow the knee? It's worship. The the word worship literally means to bow down. And we've mentioned this before. It carries the connotation of a dog licking its master's hand in reverence, right? And so, at the name of Jesus, he, he because he's highly exalted, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess 
that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know what we ought to get from this time of the year? We ought to think about this star and the purpose of this star. This star was for the purpose of of showering recognition on King Jesus. He was to be worshipped. And I'm going to tell you right now, He is going to be worshipped by all. And isn't it great that He is impressed upon our hearts and minds that here on this earth, we want to worship Him now. We want to bow the knee to Him now. Oh, worship the King, all glorious above. Oh, gratefully sing His power and His love. Our shield and defender, the ancient of days, pavilioned in splendor and girded with praise. I love to sing that song. And one day, all knees are going to bow. Every knee is going to bow. But these, these, these wise men, they desired to find Jesus. They were led by this star that was showering recognition on the King of Jews. They wanted to come for the purpose of worshiping Jesus, the King of the Jews. I pray that, again... Everything that happens in the coming week, it's a good time. It's good, fam- it's good family time. It's a good time to get your, your batteries recharged. It's a good time to worship Jesus. It's a good time to think about Jesus. It's a good time to think about this star that showered recognition on the King of the Jews. He that was born King of the Jews. Hey, this was His star. And those that were pursuing Him were led ultimately to worship. That was their purpose, and we're going to find out that <laughs> it's not this way with us all the time, but they actually fulfilled their purpose. Like, they did what they said they were coming to do, and we'll look at that here in just a moment. So, so we're looking at the purposes for the star of the king, is to shower recognition on the king. We see that in verse number two. Notice also, the second purpose, it is to show the route to the king. To show the route to the king. We find this in verse number 9. Now, we are, we are skipping uh, verses 3 through 8. We read those this morning. I did tell you that we weren't going to spend a lot of time talking about all of the verses. But now, for our purposes, notice verse number 9. Uh, in, in Matthew chapter number 2, verse number 9. When they had heard the king, they, the wise men, when they had heard the king, they departed, and, the, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. Now notice that this star appeared for the purpose of shouting recognition for the king. But it also appeared for the purpose of showing the route to the king. After departing from Herod, God by His Spirit impressed upon the wise men to continue their journey and He guided them by the use of the star to the exact location where Jesus, the King of the Jews, had been born. They departed. And verse number 9 says, "The Lo, the star which they saw in the east. In other words, when they were in their own country, they saw this star and they followed this star. And what did this star do? It guided them to the exact location of Jesus, the King of the Jews. The star gave them the route that they needed to take. You know, today, we use our phones, right? You say, uh, hey, I need to go to X location. We call up directions on our phones, and our phones guide us to how to get there. Uh, years ago, you know, 10 years ago, I, I don't know if I'm getting that right, but, you know, we had Garmin. You know, we had Garmin and Tom, 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 and, you know, these GPS things that would guide. And, and for those of us that are really old, 
Before that, we had atlases and maps. And, and what was the purpose of those things? Brother Steve says, well, I still use an atlas. Uh, nothing wrong with an atlas, okay? But, but the purpose of those tools was to guide us to where we were trying to get to. These wise men were trying to get to Jesus, the King of the Jews, and this star guided them to the exact location. Now, we learn from this that God will guide us on our route in the pursuit of Jesus. God will always guide us on our route in the pursuit of Jesus. Now listen, you might be on a route in this world that is not God's route. You might be doing your own thing and trying to figure out your own path in this life apart from God's intent for you and God's will for you. And I'm here to tell you this morning, don't, don't expect God to guide you on that path. God is not going to be a party to that. And make sure that you're getting the right guidance, by the way. And then also, might I say this, seek guidance. Seek guidance. If you're not seeking guidance, you're going to run into problems. You're going to, you're going to make wrong turns. Nobody says, hey, you know, i got to go to this location. I've never been there before, and it's way out in the boonies, and I don't need to get a map. I don't need to get any directions whatsoever. I'm just going to miraculously find it. No, you seek guidance. You get directions. Man, listen, we need to get directions from God. We need to know God's way. Now, now think about this. How does God guide us to Jesus today? By the Word of God. By the Word of God. The Word of God guides us to the King of the Jews. Listen to this in 2 Peter chapter number 1 and verse number 19. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19, Peter writes, We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed. Now listen. As unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Now, Jesus is not the day star in 2 Peter chapter number 1 and verse number 19. The Scriptures are the light or the, the sun that leads us to Jesus. Jesus is the morning star as He's revealed in Revelation chapter number 2 and Revelation chapter 22. But the Scriptures, they are the light that shines in the darkness and, and gives us the path until the sun, S-U-N, of light illuminates our understanding and guides us to the King of the Jews. What did Jesus Himself say about those that said, well, you know, we have Abraham as our father, we're Jews, and uh, who are you? We don't need you. And we have the Scriptures, the holy oracles of God that were entrusted to the Jews. We'll look at the Scriptures and we'll rely on our lineage with Abraham and Moses and so forth. And what did Jesus say? He said, search the Scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. Of me. And so, these wise men were... We're trying to find the way to Jesus as the King of the Jews that they might come and worship Him. And the star showed the route to the King of the Jews. God will guide us on our route as we pursue Jesus. And notice, secondly, God's guidance will always pinpoint Jesus. Notice in Matthew chapter number 2 and verse number 9, the Bible reads, When they had heard the King, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them. There's, there's, there's the star guiding them on their route. But watch. In verse number 9, the rest of verse number 9. Till it came and stood over where the young child was. The star did not lead them erroneously. The star did not lead them 
to a place that was not their destination. How many times have you gotten your vehicle and you plug in your phone and you get directions and you're driving and it's like, hey, wait a minute. Why are we, you know, you'll see your location on the left and your directions will say, turn right at the light. No, no, it's right there. Nope, follow the directions. It says to turn right. No, I'm not following those directions. It's right there. I have arrived at my destination. Our directions sometimes don't take us where we're trying to go, okay? Uh, Man, listen. God's directions and God's guidance never takes us to the wrong location. The star led them to the king of the Jews. God will route us the right way. God's guidance will always pinpoint Jesus. God's direction always leads us to Jesus the light from the star will always lead us to where Jesus is. Luke chapter 1, verses 78 and 79. In Luke chapter number 1, verses 78 and 79, here uh, there's a prophecy of John the Baptist and also the coming Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. And in Luke 7, chapter 1, verses 78 and 79, the Bible reads, Through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day springs, the day, and the word literally is east. It's always, it's always translated in every other place in the New Testament. This Greek word is translated east. Now what rises in the east? The sun. Right? Now watch. Through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us. 79. To give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. <laughs> To guide our feet in the way. When God gives direction and guidance, He always guides us to Jesus. And notice, notice He says here in verse 79 of Luke chapter number 1, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Who is the King of Peace? Jesus Christ is our Melchizedek, the King of Peace. And when Jesus was born, what did the angels announce? Let's look at that in Luke chapter number 2. Watch the parallels in Luke chapter number 2, verses 8 through 14, with Matthew chapter number 2, and then also what we just read in Luke chapter number 1, verses 78 and 79. Now watch Luke chapter number 2, verses 8 through 14. Again, this details the actual birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, Luke chapter number 2, verses 8 through 14. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. Hey folks, this is the light. This is the light of the glory of God shining round about them. The, the light of God, the, in the instance that we're looking at in Matthew the light which emanated from the star. It led them to Jesus. It pinpointed Jesus. The angel of the Lord appears. The glory of the Lord shines round about them. And what? Points them to Jesus. Points them to Jesus. Now watch. And lo, the angel of the Lord, this is verse 9, and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord and this shall be a sign unto you ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying now watch 
Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace. Peace. Goodwill towards men. This is not talking about the fact that there's going to be peace on earth between men. Man, listen. Come and spend one day with me. By the way, I I offer that to you. Come and spend a day with me. Go through some cases. There is not peace on earth amongst men. There is incivility and barbarism and hatred and all sorts of despicable crimes that your mind doesn't even want to think about. There is not peace on earth amongst men. But I'll tell you this, there is the possibility for you as a sinner born into this world to have peace with God. And how can you have peace with God? You can have peace with God through the King of Peace. The angels echoed the sentiment from on high that here on earth there was peace that was available with God now that the Savior had been born. You know where the light leads you? To the King of Peace. The only way that you can have peace on this earth through Jesus, the King of the Jews. They were shown the route to the King of the Jews. That's the second purpose of the star. And then the third purpose. The third purpose of the star is to spur on rejoicing because of the King. It's one thing to have a desire to find the King and to recognize Him as He is, the King of the Jews, and have a desire to worship Him. It is another thing to be shown the route to the King and actually find the King, but it is an entirely different thing to rejoice because of finding the King. And the purpose of the star was to spur on rejoicing because of the King. Look at verse number 10 of our text. Look at verse number 10. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Why did they rejoice when they saw the star? Because the star pinpointed Jesus, the King of the Jews. And they saw the star and they saw what they came for. It is great joy when you finally see the King. Do you remember before your salvation when you quaked in your boots because of the judgment of the Almighty God that was impending upon you? And you cried out for mercy to God and God granted you that mercy and He did what? He revealed Jesus Christ to you. Do you remember the great joy? The rejoicing? You were rejoicing with exceeding great joy because you had been spared. God had saved you by His grace. He made you a new creature. He changed your heart's desire. Oh, beloved, God can make us a new creature. If we were to look back in our lives and you look back 30, 40 years, I'm not the same person I was. And thanks be to God for that. And it's all because of God's marvelous mercy in sending the King of Peace. And oh, what rejoicing. And often I, I shed tears that are tears of joy. And you say, well, why is, he, why is he emotional? They're tears of joy. In knowing that I have been rescued and made a new creature. Oh, listen, when you come to the destination and you follow the star and the star pinpoints Jesus King of the Jews and you set your sights upon Christ a crucified, risen, glorified Savior 
Oh, rejoicing and exceeding joy that I know Him and He knows me. Oh, the love that our Savior had. It's, this star was sent for the purpose of spurring on rejoicing because of the King. Now notice, it's exceeding rejoicing. You ever give somebody a gift and you think they're really going to be excited about it and then it's like, oh, yeah, that was kind of a dud. Really didn't hit the mark. You know, uh, that happens, right? I mean, we're people. But man, listen, when the star leads you to, to Jesus, there is exceeding rejoicing. Zechariah prophesied of the coming king in, in Zechariah chapter number 9 and verse number 9, and he wrote, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just in having salvation. You know, sometimes it does us good to just shout. You know, occasionally in the office, I'll, uh, you know, I'm kind of a dork, you know, so I'll come out of my office, not much is going on, and I'll say something like, man, ain't it a great day? Woo! You know, and I'll do a Ric Flair, you know, uh, woo type thing. And uh, it's not wrong to shout, man. We should shout uh, because we're excited. And, 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 and Isaiah, or Zechariah here, tells us that we're to shout and rejoice greatly because of the King of the Jews. Isaiah, or, uh, Psalms 149, verse number 2. Psalms 149, verse number 2. Let, the is, let Israel rejoice in Him that made Him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their King. So there is exceeding rejoicing. Notice as well, now we get into the last verse of our text. Notice, not only is there exceeding rejoicing, but there is exalting reverence. There's exalting reverence. It says in verse 11, And when they were come unto, into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. They fell down. There was exalting reverence. Did they not say in verse 2, that they wanted to find Jesus, the King of the Jews, because of why? They wanted to worship Him. And in verse number 11, they did exactly what they came for. What is worship to you? Worship is falling down and giving reverence unto the King, the King of the Jews, King Jesus. Psalms 95, verse 6, So come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. Now the wise men didn't lose sight of their purpose in pursuing Him. Have you? Now, let's think about this for a moment. Here we are. Most of us have been saved a number of years. Okay? 20, 30, 40, 50. I don't know how long you've been saved. You've been saved a number of years. Have you lost sight of your purpose? Have you lost sight of why you pursued Jesus? Why you went after the King of the Jews? These men sought Jesus to, to worship Him. And they never lost sight of their purpose. They find Jesus and they actually worship Him. We ought, to be, we ought to be providing exalting reverence unto the King. Worshiping Jesus. This time of the year, it is the time for us to worship the King of the Jews. And then notice, lastly, they brought expensive riches. Expensive riches. Because it says here, uh, and when they had opened their treasures, those are riches. Expensive riches. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts. Gold and frankincense and myrrh. We've talked about this before. Gold is precious and it's the token of royalty. And Jesus was royalty. And of course, Jesus now 
rules and reigns in our hearts. That's the spiritual kingdom of Jesus Christ. And one day He is coming to this earth again and He is physically going to sit on the throne of His father David. He's going to physically be king during the millennial reign and He's going to physically be king throughout all eternity. Jesus is king. He's deserving of the precious gift and token of royalty. And then notice frankincense. A white resin that was burned for its fragrance. And this talks about the spiritual or refers to the spiritual sacrifices that we should render up to Jesus Christ as we seek to exalt Him with our reverence. You know, part of worship is praise. I don't, I don't think that you can worship God unless you praise God. Now, it's true, you can praise God in your heart, but it's also good to praise God with our mouths and to offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving that is the fruit of our lips. And then notice the last gift, myrrh. Myrrh. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. This is from the myrrh tree, and it's bitter. It's a costly costly uh, uh, item, but it is bitter. And this, of course, is symbolic of the death that the Lord Jesus Christ died. He's not a baby. He could be upwards of two years old at this time, but they're looking at this, this king of the Jews, and they present to him myrrh, which is reminiscent of Christ's death for us. I love what Spurgeon wrote in reference to these gifts. Charles Spurgeon wrote, Those who look for Jesus shall see Him. Those who truly see Him will worship Him. Those who worship Him will consecrate their substance to Him. We belong to Jesus and all that we have belongs to Jesus. Man, listen. This star was for the purpose of spurring on rejoicing because of the King. They rejoiced with exceeding great joy. They found the king and they worshipped the king. What an amazing thing this star is. I, I don't know whether it's a comet or a meteor or, or a regular star. I believe it's a regular star that God miraculously used to guide these wise men to Jesus Christ. But whatever it was, it was used of God. It was purposeful. It was for the purpose of showering recognition on the king. Of showing the route to the king. And then spurring on rejoicing because of the king. I pray that during this time of the year, we think about the star of the king. And that ultimately we see the purpose of that star. And we as well, like these wise men, might seek Jesus. For the purpose of worshiping and praising him. He deserves it. He really is the reason for this season. Let's pray.